It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Hello, baseball fans. This is your pal Sully from Locked On MLB. This is a special teaser edition of the Locked On MLB 2021 Major League Baseball Playoff Preview, which I'm hosting along with Jeff Carr, the host of Locked On Reds. To see the whole episode, check out Locked On MLB wherever you get your podcast, or follow us on our YouTube channel, which is called Locked On MLB. Lots of content there. So please enjoy. You are Locked On MLB, your daily MLB podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to the Locked On MLB playoff preview here. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. As you can tell from my little graphic, for those of you who listen to us on YouTube, you can always call me Sully and follow me at Sully Baseball. I have a guest host today who is a friend of the podcast and is going to be my co-pilot today. What's your name? Sign in, please. Hey, what's up, Sully? It's Jeff from Locked On Reds. Jeff Carr, in case you want to know my last name. Man, we got a lot to talk about, we don't got we? got so much to talk about. Fantastic final game of the season but you know what i'll cover my thoughts about the end of the season everything those of you subscribe to locked on it'll be that'll be that'll be uh the the show for tomorrow this is the playoff preview and what do we have going on today we have ourselves a bunch of the locked on hosts whose teams are going to the postseason are going to be joining us for the preview you and i are going to talk a little bit about the day and we are going to discuss what is the poll we're going to be discussing we got the power poll. Sully, we're going to look at the power rankings for all of the playoff teams. Looking go. forward to that because I know we are going to disagree with most of these rankings. Yeah, I, I we've already taken a peek at it, and I'm always like, nope, nope. Uh, very emotional final day of the season. By the way, uh, you can follow Lockdown MLB on Twitter, Lockdown MLB Pods. Same handle for Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Jeff Carr is at Jeff f car two f three f's three f's three f's three f's because two f's were not enough um hey jeff we're just tell me your thoughts a little bit on the crazy finale uh we didn't get the chaos that we were hoping of multiple tie games and 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 uh tie breaking games that we could have had but it was still a thrilling finale 
Well, you know, Sully was nice to see Nick Castellanos get to 100 RBIs and see Joy. Oh, wait. Never mind. Sorry. The Reds aren't yeah. in the playoffs. Dead coming. Anyway, yeah, as far as the drama goes when it comes to the American League, I, I really thought there was going to be a little bit more. We might at least get one tiebreaker game type scenario, but just everything seemed to fall into place there late in all of those games because for a moment there, it looked like the Nationals with uh, is, it, is it Joe Adone? Whoever it was, he had before today. He had that was thrown a beautiful ex- pitch. Yeah, exactly as many games in the major leagues as I had, and yeah. he came in and stymied the Reds. Well, think about it: like the Red Sox and Yankees, both won in their final at bats, yep. and the in terms of those two teams, you got to give credit to. Yes, I know Judge got to walk off it, but you got to give credit to the parade of Yankee pitchers who kept the Rays off the board, especially a day after they blew up, they blew them out on Saturday, that there was a bunch of times the Yankees were, looked like they were on the ropes and they kept the Rays off the board. And so you got to give the Yankees bullpen tons of credit and Tyone tons of credit with his bad ankle for pitching into the, was it the third or fourth inning? He did what you needed to do. Uh, And as for the Red Sox, the credit has to go to Rafi Devers who came up big with the two home runs, the home run in the ninth inning, put the Red Sox ahead for good, and also to Verdugo for hitting the game-tying double. And things look dire for the Red Sox. We're down 5-1 and look dead from the neck up. And uh, as great as the Nats' young rookie pitcher was, the Nats' bullpen did what they do best, and that is hand over leads. In the second straight game, they handed a lead to the Red Sox late. And uh, so, you know, the two franchises that everybody hates, the Red Sox and the Yankees, uh, at least be happy fans that one of them will be eliminated at the wild card game. So yeah. there you have that. And and they're both going to be sacrificial lambs to the Tampa Bay Rays, who are just heads and shoulders better than everybody else in the American League right now. Right. It's like, congratulations. You just made it into the playoffs and you happen to win our one game wild card. Tell them what they won, Sully. They're going to face the toughest team in the American League and they're going to lose. I, I don't see anybody beating the Rays, at least before the championship series uh, gets going. But I tell you what, speaking of the Red Sox and all that different stuff, let, let's talk about that power poll because we've been talking about this whole rankings thing and how we mm-hmm. disagree with it. Uh, coming up here, look at this Red Sox dead last. So by the way, fans in Boston, I don't think you're feeling super well about that, but when you look, I'll just say as a native New Englander, uh, I kind of agree with that of all the playoff teams. I mean, the one thing the Red Sox have going from a little bit is the fact that their bats may have woken up, but they can't rely on facing the nationals bullpen. So, I mean, that's what, that's what helped them sweep that series. But uh, I, I actually agree with the Red Sox being of the 10 postseason teams being the weakest team. I don't trust their their uh, their pitching. Let's just, by the way, let's bring the poll back up for audio listeners. Some of us are not in the YouTube world. And please, please follow us on YouTube at LockdownMLB. That's our handle. But let's take a quick look at that poll again because you have the Red Sox at number 10. We'll do this David Letterman style. Uh, at number 10, if we could see the poll again, uh, the the – the uh, 
the power ranking. Uh, I confess I don't have it memorized at this point. Uh, so, okay, we'll do this David Letterman style. Number 10, we have the Red Sox, who will be facing the Yankees, of course, in the wild card game. At number nine, we have the Atlanta Braves, who have the lowest win total of any of the teams. Boy, they are happy of geography that they're guaranteed a spot in the division series, but the 106-win Dodgers are not. Thank you, <laughs> geography. Uh, number eight, the Yankees. I think that's a little – what do you think about the Yankees being that low? I think that's a little bit of a disrespect. I think a lot of it has to do with what the bullpens look like for the last couple of months. It's just Mm -hmm. kind of been a hodgepodge that they've kind of cobbled together and limped into the wild card. But I still think that they are better than at least the next team that's above them. You can make an argument for that sixth team as well. Um, And number seven, the St. Louis Cardinals who uh, Jeff and I were talking off screen about the fact that they completely torpedoed the drama of the National League wildcard by channeling the 2007 Rockies and going on that winning streak. Um, The Cardinals, I mean, look, they play incredibly well down the stretch. I don't, if they're going to face Max Scherzer in a one-game playoff, right? uh, fine, seven, eight, who cares? Um, Number six, you have the Chicago White Sox. I think that's pretty accurate. I think the White Sox benefited from playing in a division where several teams were tanking. And also, they played very well against bad teams and not so great against really good teams. That being said, if Carlos Rodon is pitching well, uh, along with um, Giolito and along with Lance Lynn, uh, they've got decent pitching, and they and yeah. they can hit. So... Um, they may do well. Uh, number five, we have the Milwaukee Brewers. Tell me your thoughts on the Milwaukee Brewers. The Milwaukee Brewers, for me, I, if you were to ask me about the most talented team in the league, I don't think I'd pick them, but I definitely think they are the most deepest when it comes to their pitching staff. Like Even their long guys, if they've got a situation where Woodruff or Burns maybe gets into trouble early in the game, and Craig Council, who, by the way, is one of the better managers in Major League Baseball, believes that it's time to get them out of the game, they can rely on Eric Lauer or Brent Suter to really give them a couple of solid innings. I don't care how big the situation is. Those guys can pitch. So when I think about the Brewers, they have the exact recipe for what you need. They got a couple of really good hitters. Their lineup isn't really that scary, but the pitching is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to – I think it's ridiculous or this low. I think it's yes. insane that it's low. I think Eric Lauer and Aaron Ashby would be the number two and three starters for the Red Sox. Yeah. And they're coming out of the bullpen for the Brewers. And I think their lineup is good enough to score two or three runs a game, which I think is enough to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the fact that they are not top two or three is insane. Um, but uh, we go to number four, which is Houston Astros, who I think are too high. Uh, this is yep. not a knock. I know Astros Twitter hates me, but um, I think the Astros did a nice job. And I think they the fact that they're matched with the White Sox is very, very favorable. It's a great matchup for the Astros. I think they match up wonderfully with the White Sox and will probably win that series. They'll probably find themselves in the ALCS, but uh, I would be stunned if they made it to the World Series. Yeah, um, if, if they play Rodon early and they get up on him early, they could win that series Maybe not in a sweep, but I mean that that would be a very quick series for Houston. But number three is the team with the best record in baseball. 
the still no respect San Francisco Giants. <laughs> do you know what? I guarantee you there's still people saying, do you know what? I think eventually the Dodgers will catch up with the Giants. I mean, <laughs> at what point? How many games? Think of all the great giant teams from the era of Carl Hubble, Bill Terry, Willie Mays, Willie McCovey, Jack Clark, Will Clark, Barry Bonds, Tim Lincecum, all those teams couldn't win 107 ball games. This team right. could. Holy This team Toledo. that was supposed to win like 77, at, I, you I, know, I, in spring training. <laughs> I thought the Giants were going to be a contender. I thought the Giants were going to be, uh, we'll we're going to contend for the second wild card spot. Okay, I, I did. I, I, I respect him that point, and it didn't stun me that they became a playoff contender. But who saw this? No, I mean I'm no, with but- you. I looked at them preseason. I thought, ooh, scrappy team, going to be fun to watch. They could sneak up on some people. They didn't sneak up on anybody. They blew everybody's doors blew off. Doors this was off phenomenal. Yeah. Phenomenal. I mean, think about the, you know, anyway, I mean, look at the, I, I understand not picking him to win at all. I'm not picking him to win at all. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, at some point you got to say, what do we have to do to earn <laughs> one of the top three spots or the top Don't two get no spots? Worse. Don't get no um, Number two, and we're going to be talking to Ulysses Sombrano later, uh, Tampa Bay Rays. I, I think you and I are in agreement. They are just the best team in the American league. It's the Rays yeah. and everybody else. Um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you've got to have some crazy things happen in multiple games for anyone else in the American league to sneak up and beat these guys. I think the Rays are my easy pick to go to the world series out of the American league. And there, there have been years now to, to be fair. There have been years when a team is the heads and shoulders favorite and another team matches up with them. You know, I mean, obviously, there's a bunch of the Atlanta Braves teams during the Bobby Cox years where a Marlins or a Padres just happened to match up with their pitching. Um, but the the and and I think the biggest upset I ever saw was uh, San Francisco upsetting the Philadelphia Phillies in 2010, and then the Cardinals doing the same thing to them in 2011 because those Phillies teams should have rampaged to the World Series. So while it is possible. I don't see a 2010 Giants or waiting in the wings there. Maybe the Astros or the White Sox could get hot. I don't think there's a prayer it's going to be the Red Sox or Yankees, quite frankly. Um, But I would be stunned, stunned if the Rays didn't go back to the World Series. I completely agree with you. And then that leaves us our top team on the power poll and i think both of us uh probably if if you're looking at equal situations i think we both agree that talent wise this is probably the best team there but they just aren't in the same spot as the rays and the giants but the dodgers because that's the only team we haven't talked about yet Mm -hmm. are the number one team on this power poll sully I think that this is way too high for a team that, yes, I understand Max Scherzer is going to pitch this wild card game, and he is an amazing pitcher, and he was born for this type of scenario. But you're still talking about a couple of really crazy swings, and the Cardinals could upset the number one team in the power pool. Well, I think the thing that could go against the Dodgers is the fact that if you put an Adam Wainwright on the mound, a guy who's Mm -hmm. been there and done that and does not care, and the Cardinals have nothing to lose. If they lose the wild card game twenty-three to nothing, no They're one would say to. a bad yeah. No one would say a bad word to them. 
uh, if the Dodgers lose, then you're seeing the single greatest defense of a World Series championship since the days of Connie Mack turn into a one and done. Uh, the, the pressure on the Dodgers is intense and the pressure on the Cardinals is non-existent. So uh, I do think LA is going to win, but then it's a one game. You're predicting one effing game. And I right. said effing because I do not want an explicit rating on this. But right. anything, any team can beat anyone in one game, especially a team like the Cardinals who are on fire. And, and anything. Be playing, playing super loose. So, uh, you know, it, it isn't... It's insane that the Dodgers and Giants cannot play in the National League Championship Series against each other. That is absolutely bonkers. Uh, and but that's a topic for another podcast. I think putting the Dodgers at the top spot, um, I, I, I understand that the defending World Series champions just won 106 ballgames. It's, like it's not like they put the Padres on top. But uh, I do think that the Brewers are way too low. That the yes. team, that that team... Milwaukee, I think, will beat uh, Atlanta. And I think whichever team gets out of the division series, either whether it's the Giants, Dodgers, or Cardinals, uh, I think the Brewers are going to be better than them in a the best-of-seven series. So I think the Dodgers are too high. I think the Astros are too high. I think some of the people who vote in this were too high. And I think the <laughs> uh, Brewers are too low. Yeah, I think the Brewers make it to the World Series for the National League. I'm looking at a Brewers-Rays series, and I got the Brewers winning in seven. Uh, I, I love the Milwaukee Brewers in this playoff. The way that they match up with these different teams, I think they pitch better than anybody that they're going to face, and I think that they can hit enough, especially because of the acquisition of Willie Adamas, which I think was probably the best trade that anybody made this season. And if the Rays play the Brewers... It'll be only the second time in the last 100 years that two franchises who have never won the World Series faced off in the World Series. Now, to be fair, Milwaukee does have a World Series title when the Braves won in 1957, but who's counting? But also keep in <laughs> mind that the Indians would look up and say, oh, great, the Milwaukee has had two teams win a World Series title in their town since we last won. But <laughs> two franchises that have won their share of World Series since then have been the Red Sox and the Yankees. And Jason Mastradonato and Stacey Gotsoulias in a matchup of two podcast hosts who need to have their names written phonetically for us all <laughs> to not stumble on us. Red Sox-Yankees, the matchup, the rematch, the, the battle in the back bay are going to be on the next segment where we're going to be talking about the wild card game between the two most hated teams in baseball and the matchup that TBS is so happy is happening. Hey, it's your pal Sully. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game. You want to watch another game live. You want to have two games going at the same time like we had all day Sunday. And then you got to stream your favorite shows. Then you're watching the team highlights on your phone. Then you've got your friends log in so you can watch all the good stuff. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment in one place without the hassle. And it's a great way to finally get your TV together. What's it called? It's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings together your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch all your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. Direct TV means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there's no 
annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. Directtv.com, compatible device required. Content varies by package. Hey, baseball fans. It's Sully with an incredible app for everybody who buys gas that they need to know about. Get upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code BASEBALL and get a bonus $0.25 per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code BASEBALL to get up to $0.50 per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon or other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code BASEBALL to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code BASEBALL for GetUpside. Get upside. Good for gas. Hey, welcome back. This is going to be the National League wildcard preview. And Jeff, I, I don't mean to be the bearer of bad news, but this does not involve the Cincinnati Reds in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I'm not I'm not mad at all. I'm just sorry that's Jeff, been happening recently. Jeff, I don't I don't know what. I, know, I know this is. segment is supposed to be about the National League wildcard, but this is actually an intervention. And for the intervention, we have <laughs> invited Lucas Smith from Locked On Cardinals and Jeff Snyder from Locked On Dodgers to talk about what I will – I'll just go out and say it. It's the single weirdest National League wildcard matchup I've ever seen in my life. And for that, I'm going to bring in Lucas Smith. How you doing, buddy? Jeff Snyder is in front of the wall of bobbleheads. Welcome aboard. Hey, thanks. Happy to be here. Cardinals are in the postseason, which I didn't think they would be back in June, so I can't complain too much. Back in June? Try the middle of September. <laughs> the, True that. The, the, let me put it this way, because I keep what I call the summer score, where I keep track of since uh, Memorial Day, the days a team is in position for a playoff spot, that adds to your summer score. That's sort of the idea of it's Memorial Day. Hey, is my team in a playoff spot? You keep track of it. The Cardinals were a wild card team on May 31st and were not a wild card team again until September 15th. Team is about they right. went all June, July, August, and half of September on the outside looking in. And not only did they clinch it, but they blew the doors off the dump and totally, by channeling the 2007 Rockies, totally destroyed any drama in the National League wild card race. What it looked like it was going to be a two-team race between the Padres and the Reds. And, oh, isn't it cute? The Cardinals bought, oh, they actually think they're going to do something. And suddenly they won. What What did, was their final win total? Was it 90 wins? 91? 90 and 72. Oh, my. Yeah. 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 Did I mention? Yeah. So um, that, that's, that's something else there. Uh, meanwhile, the Dodgers, the defending World Series champion Los Angeles Dodgers, put together the single greatest defense for a World Series title since the 1931 Philadelphia Athletics the, of, of Lefty Grove, Jimmy Fox, and 
Connie Mack, and their reward is to play a potential one-and-done game with the hottest team in baseball. Jeff Snyder, thoughts about your Dodgers? And the good news is they get to go against the pitcher who's 96 years old, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, Yeah, you know, it, it's, a, it's a quirk of the system, and it, it's been this way for a long time, and one of my biggest pet peeves is people who are fine with the system until it goes against them, and then suddenly they hate it. And uh, so I, I'm not going to rail against the system that's been in place for a long time. Uh, Dave Roberts said on Sunday, he said, uh, we're going to win the World Series and we don't really care how, how we have to get there to do it. So, uh, you know, once the Dodgers beat the Cardinals on Wednesday, it's basically the same as if they had won the division, uh, you know, other than not having home field advantage. But uh, I don't think that's that big a deal. Uh, you know, yeah, it, it's it's never any fun to have to play one game for everything because baseball more than any other sport any team can win any on any given day and so uh but you know that that's a flaw in the system not a flaw in in this year's implementation of the system i guess i have to give the dodgers a ton of credit though because i'm sure that means a lot to them but but when you think about the fact that they they were so great this year and that the giants played on an absolutely unreal pace the whole season. And the Dodgers basically matched them game for game. And you had a team that won 107 games and they didn't clinch until the final day of the season just shows you that the Dodgers were playing at an unreal pace. And I know everyone said, well, there's such a big budget team filled with tons of stars. They didn't get anything out of Bellinger for most of the year. You had the Bauer fiasco. You had Kershaw injured for a big chunk of the year. Mookie Betts was not an MVP candidate for most of the year. Their MVP candidate was probably Max Muncy. And and you had a stretch where Kenley Jansen was completely unreliable as a closer for a while. There were a forget, lot of things there were a lot of things that went wrong for a team that wound up winning 106 ball games. Yeah, don't forget World Series MVP Corey Seager missing a bunch of time too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's been a it's been a season of challenges and basically what we saw was they tied the the franchise best record of 106 wins 56 losses you know the literally one of the best teams in Dodgers history and that's with all this this injury and non-injury related issues that they had to deal with all season uh you know it's pretty remarkable and and the fact is if the Giants had won 107 games each of the last eight years, the Dodgers wouldn't have won eight straight divisions. You know, the 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 only difference this year is the Giants outperforming. The Dodgers, as a team, uh, you know, uh, I have no no team is perfect, uh, and you know, if if you're going to deal with an imperfect team that doesn't win 162 games, this is about as good as you could hope for. I know we're not. With to, I'm sorry. I just Jeff, I'll let you jump in. I just want to say I know we're not supposed to look at win losses anymore. But any team whose number three starter is a 20 game winner, uh, you're thinking, okay, yeah. Any other year you lose Clayton Kershaw, it's like, oh my god, what's going to happen? This year is like, oh, we lost our number four starter. I yeah. mean, it's that's mm-hmm. the kind of year that Jeff. I didn't mean to step on you. This is the next voice you'll hear is Jeff Carr of Locked On Reds. <laughs> well, and and with all due respect to Sully giving credit, which I'm sure could be a sponsored segment coming up here shortly. <laughs> when I look at the St. Louis Cardinals, I look at the hottest team in baseball, and my first question, Lucas, is how dare you? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, actually, my question is, what's been the biggest factor in this winning streak, and is it going to be something that is prevalent in this wild card game? 
Absolutely. I think that, you know, when, when you win 17 games in a row, a couple things are going to go right along the way. And th- this Cardinal offense, in my opinion, was the biggest catalyst for that. They, they average over five runs a game in this month. They weren't even close to that number in any of the previous months. You have Tyler O'Neill, Nolan Arnato, and Paul Goldschmidt doing their best impression of the MV3 that the Cardinals saw in the mid-2000s of Roland Evans and Pujols. Tyler O'Neill's having a career year. When, when you have more than one person in your lineup that can beat you, it makes that lineup deadly. I'm sure Jeff knows that very well because you have about one through eight that can beat a starting pitcher. Early in the season, the Cardinals had Paul Goldschmidt, maybe Nolan Arenado, and that was about it. And then now later in the season, you have three, four, five guys rolling. The starting pitcher goes in the day and says, okay, I can't let this guy beat me. Can't let, let this guy beat me. Can't let this guy beat me. The lineup just got so incredibly deep that you had to pitch to everybody. And the Cardinals were making you pay, and they were hitting a lot of home runs. And Winning games just by, by outslugging teams, which the Cardinals have not been doing, even in years past of division and postseason runs, th- th- this team's offense is on another level right now. It seems like Tyler O'Neill is in the highlight reels every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was thinking about the beginning of the year, if you're going to write down who's going to be a huge factor in September in shaping the postseason, uh, I didn't. Tyler O'Neill didn't make my top two thousand. <laughs> names there and yet here we are i'm not saying he's the mvp i think goldschmidt and the the run that he went on where he was unbelievable but it just seemed like o'neill may be one of those spark plugs on the team mm-hmm. who just is in the middle of every rally at least from this from an outsider looking in and observing this the recent winning streak oh 100 and he's part of this outfield of dylan carlson harrison bader and tyler o'neill in my opinion, when they are at their best and when they're all going, all that, that's one of the best outfields in all of baseball. Every single one of them can impact the game on every single level, both sides of the ball, at, at a high level. When Harrison Bader isn't trying to swing for the fences and isn't striking out, he can impact the game with his speed on the bases. Dylan Carlson has a great glove and arm and a decent enough bat at this time. And like you said, O'Neill is in the middle of everything. Even when the Cardinals were, were losing a lot of games in June, Tyler O'Neill made a game-saving catch against the Dodgers to rob Mookie Betts. All three of these guys, just not against that. All three of these guys can impact the game at a high level. And Tyler O'Neill this season has been one of the outfielders that the Cardinals didn't guess right, but got right. Because you, you've got the Adolis Garcias and the Randy Rosarenas of the world that are leaving and making an immediate impact on their teams. The Cardinals were able to sit and wait with Tyler O'Neill, and he's rewarded them at bare minimum for one season. When you look at this team and Kind of talking about how good the Dodgers have been all year compared to how hot the team for the Cardinals have been here recently. The marathon of the 162 game stretch is who's hot at the right time. Is is this a dangerous spot, Jeff, for the Cardinals, regardless of Mad Max being on the mound? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what it boils down to is what I said at the beginning that Anything can happen in one game. I do believe, even with the Cardinals' recent hot streaks, the Dodgers are a better team than the Cardinals. I think if it was a seven-game series, I'd feel really confident. A five-game series, I'd feel pretty confident. A one-game series, you know, I, I don't I don't think confidence is quite the word that I would use, uh, but that has more to do with the nature of the baseball than, than anything else. Uh, I think the Cardinals are a really good team that uh, is, is destined to lose a wild-card game, <laughs> you know. <laughs> All right. Well, look, at, I think this is going to be an interesting series. And here's my bold prediction. The Dodgers will beat the Cardinals on a home run walk-off by Albert Pujols. So that was my <laughs> prediction. Um, hey, let's give a big thanks to Jeff Snyder. And let's give a big thanks to Lucas Smith. We're going to be talking with Ben Kaspik 
who is the host of Locked On Giants. Remember the Giants? You know, the team with the best team in the record of baseball. They have a lot of the top of our power <laughs> rankings here. Hey, thanks so much and have fun at uh, the wild card game. And uh, boy, uh, what? Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.